0: And welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk with family and friends about movies that we loved as children and that movies that we love now, um, and whether they're relevant today. So I'll let Eleanor introduce um, our guest and movie.
1: All right, our well, the movie we will be talking about today is Back to the Future, and our guest is Russell Dorn who Annie and I have known for, I think, over five years now. Is it? I honestly have no concept of time.
0: I've known Russell Um, for five years.
1: Okay. What up, Russell? (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Uh, Yeah, Russell, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you
2: do. Sure. Um, So I grew up in South Carolina and live in Chicago now um, with Aaron, who both of y'all know very well. Um, I met Aaron at a college party Woo! that Annie was hosting that I didn't really know anybody there, so it was great. You uh, guys
0: can call me I'm, the love guru.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> you're a matchmaker. Um, your whole house was a matchmaker, I guess. It's true. Um, but I work in a PR and communications for DePaul University, so I've kind of done the college PR scene now for well, really my entire adult life, um, but it's fun. Like, I used to work in sports a lot, and now I kind of work more with uh, faculty members and oh. really just trying to positively promote uh, DePaul. In hmm.
1: What are your thoughts on the Blue Devils? <laughs> Tell us, like, just, like in general. Because we always grew up kind of hating DePaul because we loved Marquette basketball. Yes. Like, that. I'm awesome. going to put that out there. That's something
2: within us. That's funny. Um, I didn't really know much about the Paul until I got there because I, I I pretty much know any university based on sports, and they don't have fo- they don't have a football team, and basketball mm. has not been good no for much of my life. Um, but I don't know. I think I think they'll get there. They have a new arena in uh, the Loop yes. South Loop. Is it open? It's going to be opening this year, so it should be fun. The first game is against Notre Dame, so. We're oh my still
1: God. up. Oh, what that are, will be what, so uh, fun. Gonna, what attire are you going to Sorry,
2: wear? Sorry, what's up? Are
0: you going to uh, wear? I'm going to wear. I'll wear DePaul
2: gear because I know who pays me. Colonel <laughs> uh, will wear her nerd name gear, and the Dolans will wear their nerd name gear. So I'll be outnumbered.
0: Oh my gosh! I want to go to that game. I'll have to keep my eyes peeled for tickets. That would be fun. Yeah,
2: it should be. I would think it could be potentially a crowded game, but, uh, you know, who knows? I'm going to try to get tickets soon, and I can let you know.
0: Oh, please do. Okay. Anyway, so, (laughs) Russell, that's awesome. I'm glad I have plans now to see a basketball game. But let's um, start with our first segment, which is our favorite pop culture thing of the week. So, does anybody want to get started?
2: Um, I actually found a great one uh, yesterday that I want to talk about. Um, so I don't know if either of y'all know, but the Presidents Cup is this has been going on this week, which is like a big uh, golf tournament. Um, mm-hmm. Did you just happen to see the selfie with Phil Mickelson?
0: Yes, I loved it. <laughs> Wait,
1: what is the Phil Mickelson selfie?
2: Because I saw
1: the one so, with like
2: the presidents all together. Yeah, so he took a selfie with uh, Bill Clinton, uh, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama, and there's so many parts about it that I think are amazing. Um, Phil pulled like a classic, like you know, older, like non-growing up in technology person uh, move, where it's like it's not even in the picture because he doesn't know to take a correct selfie. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and then the other half is just that I love that like those three former presidents are now like best friends and. I'd like to think it's, I mean, I think it's probably more because they just keep getting together and they're like, man, what is going on right now in their current presidency? But it's probably also more just that, you know, they know how the business goes and they just like to talk about maybe positives and negatives of their administrations. I don't know. But I just love that the three of them are together and they were happy. And um, I love the old man selfie that didn't really work out.
0: Agreed. Well, in all...
1: And also just to see presidents golfing, but, like, knowing that they're retired. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's also really nice. Because it was even yesterday, I don't know if either of you followed, like, the Lin-Manuel Miranda-Trump interactions, I guess, that happened on Twitter.
0: No, what happened?
1: Oh, hey, you need to get on that right now. So Trump started really attacking the mayor of San Juan, being like, you've oh, yes. done nothing, and, like, Blah blah blah. And so Lin-Manuel Miranda went off, like with good reason, because obviously this is a man who is very invested in Puerto Rico, who has family there, who has historically been supportive of different ways of being inclusive to American citizens in Puerto Rico. So Lin-Manuel Miranda went on this tweet rampage when which she essentially said that Trump's going straight to hell. Like in like, actual words that he typed amazing Um, amazing also true like it's like one of those things where you're like no this is going to happen um and then also about like the mayor of san juan she she, who's a female politician too has been working the entire time and he's like what have you been doing you're on the golf course are you tweeting this from like the 18th hole so
2: (laughs) (laughs) so these are what happened when you're tailgating the whole day
0: that's amazing. Yeah, it's getting
2: pretty nasty down there, though. Like, And I, I don't blame her for going nuts, because it's like, you know, whether... Th- I'm sure the U.S. government's providing a lot of support, but it's like, remember, those are our people, too. Like, they're not... It's not a foreign country. No. <laughs>
0: no. They're American citizens. Well, I guess to continue along those lines with my favorite pop culture thing this week, and I didn't know it was um, a thing until, like, after, but yesterday while tailgating with Johnny Romano, which is always a delight, a dream and a delight, um, and you never know who you're gonna meet. I actually met the, and I didn't know I was meeting him, like, I was just, Johnny was like, oh, this is Patrick, and I was like, hi, Patrick, nice to meet you. Oh, no, I'm hearing Lin-Manuel Miranda right now. Okay, sorry, (laughs) um, so he, anyway, this dude, Patrick, I, like, I heard that, we were talking about this, sh- this, like, one-man show about Father Soren that he was producing, and, like, the actor who's playing Father Soren was also there, so I was just, like, talking, I was like, oh, this is kind of fun, like, and then they walk away, or I walked away, because truthfully, I was kind of bored of the conversation, and then Johnny comes up to me, and is like, isn't it so cool that you just met, the, like, the producer of Hamilton in New York and LA and Chicago, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs>
1: Is, how did you not know? Because I obviously know that this man is producing the one-man play about Soren, but, like, it was very obviously that he was the guy who was the producer of Hamilton. Like, no, so... Do you not read any of the millions of emails that Notre Dame sends us? I...
0: No, I have them all just, like, sent straight to spam, so...
1: <laughs> I... You're <laughs> thing, Russell, doesn't that infuriate you as someone who works in PR, for Notre Dame, and who was, like, Class president, and Annie just apparently gives zero, zero, she gives zero.
0: No. About the
1: information flow.
0: Well, I mean, okay, I just, like, didn't know, and I was tired, and they both seemed really nice, it was just, <laughs> you know.
2: Well, but it might have been better, because, like, what if you had known that, and then you got, like, really nervous, and, like, it got really awkward and stuff, now you just had a great conversation with the guy, and... It's great. you're awesome, probably. No,
0: you, Exactly. So, that's my favorite pop culture thing of the week, which was unintentional.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, I got really excited yesterday because... So, I saw uh, Ninjago, which was not my favorite pop culture thing of the week. Don't worry. But... What I did see beforehand were trailers for upcoming movies, and I got, like, so excited because there's a movie coming up called Wonderstruck, which is from a children's book by David O. Selznick, who wrote The Invention of Hugo Cabret, and so I'm really excited for this movie. That was it.
0: Good, good. I mean, I also saw The Kingsman this week, and it was really
1: awesome. Oh, yeah, loved it.
0: Yeah, super good. So that would be, like, a close second. Totally. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's jump in and talk about our movie. So, Russell, we usually ask our guests to give us a brief synopsis of the movie we are talking about. So would you be able to give us a brief telling of Back sure. to the so, Future? so,
2: um, Marty McFly, high school student, is, uh... And we don't really know why, but he's really close with this local scientist who a lot of people think is kind of crazy and, and doesn't have all of good ideas. Uh, Doc Brown. Um, Marty comes to find out that Doc has actually created and invented a time machine. And of course it wouldn't be a movie without Marty somehow get, going back into time. He ends up back in time uh, right around the time his parents had met. And he kind of messes things up a little bit. His mom ends up falling kind of, I wouldn't say in love, but has a huge crush on him, which is super awkward, that I'm sure we'll get into later. Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, he saves the day, gets his parents back together, and gets back to 1985, which was a real uh, struggle. So it's, I'm excited to discuss it. Oh my gosh, yes. I would say there's
1: so much I want to talk about, particularly with casting for this film, um, because it's just excellent. Excellent. Ugh.
0: You're funny, Eleanor. That's, like, the least thing I worry about. I'm really worried about, well, like, two things that really creep me out about this movie. Number one, why is Marty McFly such good friends with this old crazy scientist? Weird thing number one. Weird thing number two, we have to talk about the fact, as Russell Russell mentioned, that his mom has a crush on him. (laughs) Sorry. but
1: (laughs) But it's Lydia Thompson, and she's just, like, so cute, and it's, like, very clear that it's very innocent and naive and i think it would be different if it were if like we were to do this movie now and it would be going back like to the 1980s it would be assumed to be a little bit more like sexual and like problematic but we have such an idea of the 50s as being very like vanilla for lack of a better term that i think i don't i don't know
2: i see less of a problem with it but maybe this is well yeah and i just think of it like i mean at the end of the day she doesn't know it's I mean she has no clue like why would you and so I think what is awkward to me and again this is something I really want to discuss later on is is there any point in the future where she's like oh like that was the guy that is like I remember from my high school oh! days is actually my son like I, that, that's like the biggest plot hole that I just like stunned by it. I don't understand, and I'd love to talk about it at some point today. Wait, right. no.
0: Russell, that's, like, a really good point that I've never considered before. But, yeah, at some point she would probably be like, this guy that I have a huge crush on looks exactly like my son.
1: What? Yeah, but well, the I whole thing, think- yeah. Oh, no, I, I, no, I just assume that,
2: like, that erases the memory, in a sense. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I would think. Because I was just thinking, I was like, they, Marty had a clearly major impact on their life. Like he, he got them together. I mean, period. He got them together and he convinced his dad, well, he didn't really convince his dad, but he like encouraged his dad to end up writing a book and like all these things that changed their life for the better. Right. Biff, you know, getting in a fight with Biff. And so you would think at some point, and plus they named their child after a guy they had only known for like a week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes i think i think a lot of people do things like that though like baby naming is so random like i love asking people how they like got their name and there are a lot more things where it's like oh like i ran into this person and that was like seemed cool yes (laughs) i was like "Interesting. interesting
0: maybe they unintentionally named their child after their child Right?
2: Great! I think that's hundred percent what happened. Yeah. Okay. What, do you think ever wonder like where he went? Because he was only there for a week. That's like did he just disappear? They were like, "Where did Marty go? He was here the all last week, and then he was never here again."
0: <sighs> this movie is so confusing. It's like I feel like it just loops because, like,
1: could I would y- say this movie is no more confusing than Back to the Future Three.
0: Okay, Eleanor, we're only talking about Back to the Future 1. Russell and I talked about this yesterday. We can make a series of podcasts about the other two. So, we are focusing on number one.
1: Okay. Thank you for
2: clarifying.
0: Right. Right. I also... Yeah, I mean, okay. Sorry, go, go ahead, ahead, Russell.
2: I was just saying, it would take forever to do all three at once, because it's just like... They, they start intertwining so much that it's like, you have... Know, You really have to kind of start laying it out because it gets confusing.
0: Right. So last year, like during Millennium Parks, like summer movies, they played Back to the Future. Because it was was the day that he went to the future in, in number two. Yeah. And they had the DeLorean. And I have to say that DeLoreans are still pretty cool. Like as a car. And I don't love cars, but I was impressed by it.
2: Well, I swear, like, I thought I read something that back in the day, Dorians were kind of a joke. And that when it was, they kind of put it in the movie as almost like a joke. Um, really? That's, I swear I read that. Don't hold me to it. But then it was kind of like, it, it kind of blew up afterwards. Because everyone's like, I love this movie. I love this car. It's like, you know, it reminds me of time travel. And I think they, like. I swear they were more. I mean, now it's like still kind of like a. You don't see them, but people were like, "Oh, the DeLorean, that's so cool." And I think it was not very popular back in the day, like before the movie.
1: Well, there were so many things that this movie kind of like revamped because it was Johnny B. Good became a huge hit again after this movie came out, and then who's the guy who sings Johnny B. Good? So many of his songs were used throughout the '90s, and it's even. So, what's okay?
2: So, um, so Chuck Berry was the Johnny B. Good guy,
1: yeah. Chuck Berry, okay. But then, what was it? Christopher Lloyd. I was about to say Christopher Plummer, and I was like, that is not the name. Christopher Lloyd, I don't know his career a ton before Back to the Future, but then it was like in the 90s, he very much took on this like older mentorship role. Um, in many films, particularly Angels in the Outfield, but then that's a whole other thing, because I love Angels in the Outfield. Oh, that's yeah. So I love Angels in the Outfield. I would say that's, like, one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Angels in the Outfield is awesome. Um, so I'm reading some interesting things on IMDb, like I have it open, and Eleanor, did you know, this is trivia, that um, apparently USC screenwriting classes... Use this as like the per an example of like the perfect screenplay. Thoughts? Do we think it is the perfect screenplay?
1: Yeah, I mean USC also does weird things like it, episodes of ER, like and it's weird. So I like cool. Um,
0: but what do you? So, okay, but do you think it, it like this screenplay is impressive?
1: Well, no, absolutely. I I would say similar, and this is a different work, and obviously like elevated work. But you think about Hamilton, and like there's so many there's so many plot points or themes elements that you don't realize are replicated elsewhere for a purpose. And I think that's very true with Back to the Future. There's tons of like Easter eggs or hidden hidden elements that become important and it's everything was clearly thought out uh, there's the larger things that we can point to um, like his parents and the clock and everything like that but so much of it is connected and everything is accounted
2: for you're so right on that
1: yeah and that's what it means by a perfect screenplay
2: is yeah oh, go ahead, sorry I
1: don't know, it's just that like you can watch movies and and this is this is why editing is so important too. You can watch movies, you can read books, and you're like, "This is a really good idea," but it, not not everything was thought thought through. And this was a movie where clearly everything was thought through.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I would agree, and um, I I've, I mean I've probably watched Back to the Future thirty times at least, and I feel like every time I watch it, I I pick up on something else small that. I don't even I don't even know if it's important, but it's just interesting that, you know, you would never notice it. And it's so, like I feel like if someone watched this just once, they would not appreciate it as much as someone that watches it several times. Um, just like in the intro, the, when Marty walks into Doc's garage, there's I feel like there's 500 things that are just kind of like sticking out that you don't even think about, like underneath his beds, the plutonium that he, that the Libyans had stolen and on the TV. They're talking about the plutonium that had been stolen. Um, I think the garage might be the garage that they were later in in the past when Marty's oh, mom yeah, was, came by. Like there's a lot of yeah. just like things like that where you're I don't even some of this like it I don't even know it'd be hard to put together probably unless you watch it and read about it and, and listen to interviews. Yeah. No, so much thought went to this movie.
1: So much thought. It's crazy. Did did the
0: did the writing team that made this movie did they do any other movies?
1: Um I think it, I, I think it was the same ones who did all of the rest of the Back to the Future.
0: Well, so yes, I but
1: um, I don't know off the top of my head.
0: Okay, so it's not like they're like famous screenwriters. I think they
1: are, but I just don't know off the top of my head who wrote them.
0: Okay. Robert Zemeckis Uh, and Bob Gale.
1: Well, Robert Zemeckis is really famous. For what? Uh, He, he's someone, he also did like, uh, Forrest Gump and stuff, so he's very much clearly someone who likes connecting all the dots.
0: Oh my gosh, Eleanor, he was the executive producer of
1: Last Holiday. (laughs) Sorry. Excellent. (laughs) We love
0: the movie Last Holiday.
1: Another movie movie where everything comes together in ways that you wouldn't expect.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Ugh.
1: There we go. Yeah. Yep.
0: Okay, all of this is so fascinating. Sorry, go ahead. So,
1: Russell, what was your
2: first experience of this movie? You know, I I don't remember. I, I really don't. I wish I did. Um... But my whole life, I mean, I was a history major, and I, so I've always like I've always enjoyed history. I've always enjoyed the thought of, of space travel and time travel. All that, like, fascinates me. So I think at whatever point I started watching it, it was probably all of those elements that played a role. Um, like, I remember having – and I, I can't – I think I got rid of them now, but I had the three – at one point, they put out the three of all three movies on um, VHS tape, so I had that. And then, at some point in the last like five years, on when it, I mean, maybe it was 2015 when they had the anniversary, I got the three pack on Blu-ray. So, and that's that's I watched it this week on my Blu-ray. So, um, I don't know. I feel like it's just been like it's one of those. I, I just like you know I don't I like movies that I don't have to think a ton about, which maybe this isn't a great example because I feel like sometimes you do have to think about it, but I I just like this movie. Like I've just watched it so many times. I've just like love it. And if people don't, then I, you know, it's like whatever, but I think it's a great movie.
1: Well, there is an element of escapism and I think you hit on a really important point where it's movies and television shows can serve as like comfort food for lack of a better word, because this is, this is a movie. Like it's still exciting and there's still moments where it's funny, but you, But, like, you know what's going to happen, so the stakes are lower. But, like, you can pop in at any moment and enjoy it. Like, you know, for me, that's very much full house. And I remember when I was living with Annie in Boston, like, I would put the TV show on while I was cooking her things. And Annie would think it was so funny because I'd seen every episode easily 11 times. But I would still laugh as if I heard the jokes for the first time. Yes, you would. (laughs) (laughs) And it's... Full, Fuller House Season 3 was like that. Who knew? Fuller House Seasons 1 and 2 is terrible. Fuller House Season 3, raise the bar.
0: Agreed.
2: Um, excellent stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, These are movies I, if they're on TV, I'm watching it. Even if I, it's just like, it's almost like instinct at this point.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you're going to choose to watch. Well, I also think that we have to talk about, like spend a minute talking about, just how like delightful and charming Michael J. Fox is as an actor in this movie, like the, the writing of this this movie is great. The plot line is great. All of that's great. But like, I mean, they actually shot this movie first with another actor because, um, Michael J. Fox was too busy on family ties. Um, but then he was able to do it. So they reshot the whole movie. Um, and I'm just thinking about how different it would have been had it not been Michael J. Fox, you know, which was a very real possibility.
2: Yeah, I think he was a delight in this movie. Um, I just love how he interacts. I, I love his facial expressions, and I love how he interacts with, you know, TV family. Uh, it, it's just I don't know. Everything about it's really funny. Like I love when he's driving the car and um, he runs into the um, the 1955. Um, barn, and the people come out, and he's wearing that ridiculous, like, plutonium outfit, and he, like, stumbles over a bay of hell, or, well, just a bale of hay, (laughs) and, uh, I don't know, it's just, everything about the way he interacts with people, I think, is great in this movie.
0: Agreed. I would 100% agree. I also think that he, and, I mean, as an actor in the 80s, he was just, like, very believable as a teenager- In the 80s, right? Like, I feel like at that point they were still casting people who looked their age and who... He was a teenager when he shot this movie, right? Like, he grew up on... I actually don't...
1: I'm not sure. He might have been older teen, early 20s. Really? Because he's someone who looks... He looks young in the sense that, like, Michael J. Fox is a small person. Yes. No? Where was he most recent? I feel like I was, did he present at the Oscars this past year or something? Yes. Because I feel like recently I saw him in some capacity and he very clearly clearly like really progressed at this stage.
0: Okay, so the movie yeah, was made in 85 and he was born in 61. So he was in his 20s. He was like 24.
1: 24. Wow. Teenager. So Annie just not know what teenagers look like.
0: No idea. Mm-hmm. That's cr- But, I mean, he's a very believable teenager.
2: Oh, for sure.
0: Very believable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is hard nowadays, because you have people who are, like, in their 30s. Playing high schoolers.
1: Playing. Well, that's also because
2: that's what we, like, want teenagers to look like on TV. So... Yeah, it'd be kind of weird if... you Do you ever like walk past a high school and you're like, man, those kids look like they're 10? And it's like... But then you juxtapose that with um, this movie where Biff is like six, three, like yeah. probably like could beat the crap out of anybody, you know, 200 and something. And it's like clearly... had to imagine what the high scores look like because it would be weird if everyone was like 5'4", and... You know, could barely, like, see over the steering wheel like it probably is in real life.
0: I'm looking at Biff, and he, um, he was older. He would have been 26 when they shot this movie. Insane.
1: I mean, he looks 20, by the way. He was an excellent excellent villain, and I like how they continued it. I know we're not allowed to talk about the rest of the trilogy. I like how they continue them back to the future, too.
2: Oh for, sure. oh, for sure. And I love how his whole family, again, his whole family, <laughs> his whole family
1: just ends up being a-holes. Right? But, I mean, that's also, like, very classic, like, an easy way to explain films or families. Um, and I, I think that is now becoming more dated. We associate that with the 80s and 90s, and that was one of the biggest, even, frozen, because... You have the bad guy who, like, until he is bad, there is no way for a child to be like, he's a bad character, which is, like, problematic. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's not good. Yeah.
2: So, Eleanor, I had a question for you. Is this... Would you look at this movie and say this is, like, stereotypical 80s? Because I feel like some people look at a lot of 80s movies now and they're like, oh, like, you know, it's great because it's nostalgic, but it's just not a good movie. But I think this is... Good no, I think, who are these people saying movies from the 80s aren't good? Right. I think
1: what people, yeah, yeah. that's like also people taking things out of context, because for me, also part of it is like, I hate movies that are made in the 70s, because you look at it, They're so you know, bad. all the movies are like, because there was such like a societal malaise, and then you look at the 80s, and it was like, at any point, people felt like they were going to die, or the world was going to end, so there was like, really fun entertainment in that sense. So they're more entertaining movies. Like, I can't imagine anyone being like, you know what I want to watch tonight? Like, The Deer Hunter or, like, Serpico. Like, or love, really story. love
0: Story. Yeah, or like a love Story. Or Love
1: Story, even for that matter. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, bad. But then, also what I think is interesting, because you look at, like, some of the stuff that Michael J. Fox is wearing, and I know this is, but, like, the style now is cool again, in the same way that clothing and apparel from the mid-90s is cool, like, kids today would wear some of the things he's wearing and that makes it feel less dated.
0: Yes. Agreed. I do
2: love uh, when he goes back in the into 1955 and everyone like thinks he's like a, someone straight off the boat, like a, um, like the Navy or something or the coast guard because of his like puffy coat. Yes. (sighs) Right. Oh my gosh. Which is great.
1: And I hope puffy coats come back. I mean, I feel like they're useful.
0: Not where you live. Keeps
1: your interior warm. Um, Annie, I get really cold too.
0: Whatever. (laughs) I don't believe that. You live in California. I know, I'm so mean. The meanest. Yeah,
1: I mean it was like 85 degrees yesterday. What? I love it. It was like 85 degrees yesterday.
0: It was really beautiful here yesterday. It was
1: yesterday, nice air, like
2: sixty-five.
0: Yeah. It was. Sure, sure, nice. sure. Okay.
2: Um, can we talk about potholes?
0: Please.
2: Any... Well, so. Do I you guess... believe there are potholes? I think the only thing that I I keep thinking about. So like you know he ends up changing because George knocks out Biff like change. But then when we get back to 1985, it's like, Marty, like, nothing's changed with him. He walks back into the same home. Like, what if they had moved because they had a lot more oh.
1: money?
2: And his sister was, diff- well, different as far as, like, they're both successful now. You know, the mom is in great shape, and they're playing tennis, and she's not boozing it up anymore. And, you know, the dad's a <laughs> successful, successful writer, and, and Biff is, you know, he owns a body shop but Marty's just, like, the same old person. Um, you know, like, I don't know, what are the odds of that? Like, is that a plot hole, or is that just, like, you can only do so much with a two-hour movie, like, there's no way to get that deep, maybe? I, I don't know.
0: No, but I see what you're saying. I
1: don't, but I think it's also something that we've accepted yeah. Um, as, as kind of a plot point, because it, Reminds me a lot of It's a Wonderful Life, because it's this whole yes. idea that one person can shift entirely, like, the demographic class makeup of a community, which is hysterical. It's so funny to think about. Right. Because it's false.
0: Cannot yeah. happen.
1: Maybe it can. Maybe I'm <laughs> wrong.
0: You're wrong. Alas. Alas.
2: Destroyed my life. Yeah, it didn't bother me at all, honestly. Like, I thought about it, and I don't. That's probably the first time I've ever thought about it because I just don't care because I like the movie so much that it doesn't bother me. I don't know what the plot holes would be.
1: I mean, like, in that sense, like, back to the point of it being a perfect screenplay, everything matches
2: up so clearly. Yeah. I think you're right.
1: And again, like, it would be fun eventually that we do get to talk about the next two movies because the plot points that can make it across consistently from the films are interesting. It's Wait, so Michael J. Fox must have been 30 or so when he made the
2: third one, though, right?
0: Yeah, he must have been so. old.
2: Think, yeah, and what's really interesting to me is, according to IMDb that I was looking at a couple days ago, there was no plans to make a second and a third. So when they finished the first, you know, I guess when they went to model the next two, like, you know, they really, I guess it was kind of cool because they were able to go back to the first and really figure out what they wanted to do. But none of it was planned. So that kind of, to me, that makes it even more amazing that movies ended up turning out to be, in my opinion, because it wasn't planned like that until I guess they realized how popular they were.
1: All right. Yeah.
0: Did they think this was going to be, like, a single movie? Like, they weren't intending it to be a series, were they? Yeah,
1: that's literally what he just said. Oh, my
0: gosh. I can't do Game Day anymore, guys.
1: <laughs> Annie's struggle is apparently real in this moment. It's yeah. so real. Real in
0: this okay. moment. Well, uh. we also need to start wrapping up because we... Ooh. We've been talking a lot, which is great. Um, so why don't we go around and say whether or not this movie is relevant today and whether we would have young people watch it go
1: I would say yes it has relevance Um, I would say yeah it has relevance and like it's a fun movie in the same way that there are movies that capture people's attention I think of all ages Sister Act I would say is a similar one that you
2: could like pop in at any moment and like love it um, I would say yes. Uh, I think, I think it brings out a lot of like childhood imagination, and that's that's always important. Um, and I think it's, you know, I think people need to build a dream and, and think about new ideas and new things. So, I would recommend this to, to anyone that hasn't seen it. Honestly, that's beautiful. What a sentiment.
1: <laughs> like, because it is the idea about dreaming and like realizing kind of the context of where you came from and how your parents influenced that, but like also how you can change it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I would have kids watch this movie. I think it's really enjoyable. I think that, um, I, I actually think it would be kind of hard to watch it with them though. Cause I think that there's a lot of like things that existed in the eighties that don't exist now, um, that you would have to explain, like, which I think would be kind of interesting. um, But I wouldn't let, like, young kids watch it. (laughs) Like, I think I'd wait for them to be a little older. Like, I don't think I'd let, like, my fifth graders watch it. Why? Because... I, I mean, I, I just think that it's, it's a deeper movie. Like, it is funny, and it's entertaining, and, like, we watched it as children, right? But it is, like, a deeper movie that kind of asks you to think about, like, why you are the way you are. And I wouldn't want them to miss that part of it just because they, like, watched it when they were young. I don't know.
1: But then it's the idea that they can watch it when they're older.
0: And get more out of it.
1: I don't know. I don't know if I would. Agree. Yeah, I think there is a joy in rewatching.
0: Agreed. I just also don't know that it's appropriate for fifth graders. Isn't there stuff? Okay. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe it's I will. It's also
1: that they watch YouTube all the time.
0: Yes, they are the worst. Jake Paul, you stink. he
1: <laughs> has all the feelings. <laughs>
0: I hate Jake Paul, I hate fidget spinners, I hate dabbing. That's where I'm at.
2: I'm so talented. Look, I knew what that meant. Yes. I don't understand the fidget spinner thing. That's
0: I hate them. I hate them so much. Because you've
2: never played with one. It's great stuff.
0: Eleanor, no, it's not. I have taken so so many of them, it's ridiculous. (laughs)
2: Because you're evil and you hate children. Uh, this yep. is all I hear. Yep, that's well, it was supposed to help with, like, ADD, right?
0: But, like, not every child has ADD or ADHD. And, like, here's the thing. There are much be- better fidgets to use in a classroom than a fidget spinner. <laughs> like, everything about it is sure. frustrating. Oh, I'm sure. But, you know. Anyway, okay. So, we have to wrap up here at Good Film Hunting. So, let's talk about... Where in the world we would like to go right now, if we could go anywhere.
1: I would go to Estonia because I read earlier this week an article in the New York Times about like how families around the world vacation. And it just sounds, and it just sounds like French super interesting because they just go to, the go to these forests. forests. I'll go, I'll go from like, from, like hot, hot, cold, cold, cold,
0: cold, cold like, again, again, and again, and again, and again throughout the day, and, and, day, and, 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 day. and, and I'm like, what's the latest end
1: of the late late day. day? So, so yeah. that's, what I, that's what I would do. Also, Eleanor, you sounded like an alien <laughs> again. <laughs> oh, well, oh well, an well. alien unless unless
2: he he wants, to wants to go to, to Estonia. I'll I'll it, it. It. Oh, my gosh. Um... So I think it. mine's probably like kind of a hot take. Do I sound weird too? Yes, but I
1: kind of love it.
2: (laughs) Um, So I would love to go to places that aren't really possible to go. Um, I I feel like North Korea is probably like a weird thing to say right now. Like, obviously you can't go there, but I've heard it's beautiful and I would love to go there at some point. I hope that changes. Um, I'd love to go to Cuba. Um, I'd Cuba. Um, I'd really love to go to Cuba. and I'd love, this is, this is a super weird one, um, even we than in North Korea, like, I'd love to go to Chernobyl, oh where, the, oh where the nuclear attack took place, because I think, I mean, it's so very sad to think about, you know, what happened there, and that people literally just had to, they walked out and never came back to their homes. And, but what I think is interesting is, they've gone there, you walk in, and it's like, People, you know, like people's books in a classroom are just sitting there. They're book bags. Their, you go into someone's home and it's their toys and like it's their whole lives and no one lives there. Well, I mean, I think a few people live there, but no one no one really lives there. No one's allowed to go there for like a thousand years or something crazy. Right. And so a I really think it would just be time. really interesting to go there and, and kinda see that like you know, kinda what Yeah to that area and um, kind of like how that, how peaceful it probably is now. It's probably just like trees and animals and I don't know. I just, that would be really neat to me.
0: Yes. Agreed. Um, I think that if I could go anywhere right now, I would go to Brazil. I just have been really feeling Brazil lately. Um, it sounds like a good time and I don't know, sunshine, good things. All that sounds awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: So, Brazil. Yeah, you
2: know, I just want to travel. Same. Travel's fun.
0: Okay, well, Russell, thank you so much for joining us on Good Film Hunting. We can't wait to have you back for Back to the Future 2. I need yes. to rewatch that one. It's been a really long time. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, the Cubs won the World Series in it. So that's yes, great. they do. It's so yeah, fun. But I'm thinking,
1: wasn't it like in 2014 or 2015 or something? Yeah. It was like a year off.
0: Yeah, it was super close.
1: unlike Um, parks and and recs which got got it right which is so funny
0: (laughs) that's hilarious um but anyway thanks for listening you can find us on instagram and twitter and facebook mostly instagram and facebook um or email us and we hope you listen again soon bye listeners